In the aloof, detached house in Holland Park, which, like its equally smart neighbours, rose four storeys high and was fronted by a gravel drive and iron railings, Thomas Lamarck brought breakfast up to his mother, as he did every morning on the absolute dot, the nanosecond, of 10.30. Standing six foot six inches tall, with sleek good looks and a charmer's smile, Thomas was an alluring man of 37. Attired in a Liberty silk dressing gown, leather slippers from Gucci, a gold Rolex wristwatch, and Givenchy cologne, he wore nothing under the dressing gown. His mother liked to know that he was naked beneath that fine silk. On the silver tray was an exquisite heron teapot containing Fortnum and Mason breakfast tea and a matching bone china cup and saucer. Alongside them lay a copy of the Times, and a single white rose he had just picked from the garden, and which was still moist from the dew. She always loved his little surprises, and this morning Thomas was in the mood for a reward. He hoped she would be too. He stopped outside her bedroom. All the interior doors of the house were stately with panelling and beading, satin white paintwork and crystal handles, but this door on the second floor, standing plumb centre across the landing from the carved staircase, with a bronze bust of his mother's head on a pedestal outside, seemed somehow more imperious than the rest. Even after all these years, it continued both to awe him and attract him. There were days when he felt like throwing the tray over her and screaming, let me be free, but this was not one of them. He checked his watch waited for the second hand to complete the sweep on its circuit. At precisely 10.30, he entered his mother's bedroom. Thomas had been awake throughout the night in front of his computer. A cyber-traveller of the world, he rested but seldom slept. Nights passed in games of chess with a man called Jürgen Jürgens in Clearwater Springs, Florida, or in speculation on extraterrestrial life with a chat-line group in San Francisco, or in discussing recent gruesome deaths with a contributor to the Fortean Times. He checked email from several medical newsgroups to which he subscribed, traded recipes with a woman in Chesapeake Bay, and monitored the movements of stock markets around the world, charting the progress of the shares in his mother's portfolio and studying the websites of the companies behind them. Each morning he fed her stockbroker with fresh information. He had an IQ, of 178. Walking in silent footfalls across the carpet, unable to take his eyes from his mother's face, his heart filled with adoration and another conflicting emotion with which he had struggled all his life, he placed the tray on the table at the foot of the two-poster canopied bed, opened the white lace and damask curtains by pulling their cords, then secured them with tasseled ropes. The room smelt of Chanel perfume and his mother's clothes, the smells of his childhood, the smells of his life. Aroused, he stared at her. 